Would you stand with me, please? We'll turn to page 288 as we begin the service tonight. Page 288, He Touched Me. We'll sing both verses tonight. Page number 288. Shackled by a heavy burden. Let's sing it out on that first verse. Shackled by a heavy burden Neath the load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me And now I am no longer the same He touched me Oh, he touched me, and all the joy that floods my soul, something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. Since I met the blessed Savior, since He cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise Him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me, oh, touched me and all the joy that floods my soul something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole amen great start man I'm telling you you haven't been touched by the Lord Jesus Christ, tonight would be the night, amen, and uh, to know Him as Savior. Well, as they say uh, in Missouri and Kansas, if you don't like the weather, stick around, it's going to change today. And mercy, it sure did, didn't it? And uh, But sure thankful we got a warm, dry place to be here uh, tonight, and so glad that you're here. Let's pray tonight and ask the Lord's blessing uh, as we get uh, back into the study tonight uh, of First Timothy. And so let's pray tonight. I'm going to ask Brother David Griffin if you would pray for us. And why don't you be seated uh, tonight and uh, just have a few announcements and things. Wanted to 
uh, mention here very, very quickly, and then we'll get to our uh, prayer list uh, tonight. Of course, we are winding down uh, the month of February and getting into the month of March uh, this coming uh, week. Uh, here in the next uh, couple of days, uh, of course, uh, this Sunday, and I've already mentioned this a few uh, times, but just want to make sure uh, that everybody is very, very much aware. Uh, this coming Sunday, we will have in our Sunday school class uh, time, we'll have combined uh, adult classes with the pastor's class and the foundation builder's class, and Brother Eric Watson is going to be teaching that, and then Brother Ben Quinlan, uh, that pastors Bible Baptist Church here or up in uh, Glenwood, Iowa, is going to be preaching in the morning uh, in the evening services. So it'll be regular services throughout the day, but just want to make sure our folks are aware of that and certainly be in your place and be an encouragement uh, to these men as they will certainly be an encouragement uh, to you. And then next uh, Wednesday night, uh, March the 6th, Brother Eric Watson is going to be preaching uh, the main service. Been enjoying uh, the messages in the book of Psalms, amen, and so trust that they've been a blessing uh, to you. Do pray for us. Uh, again, I'll be preaching uh, at Bible Baptist Church in Cassville, Missouri for their 70th anniversary and uh, looking forward to preaching uh, that meeting. And so pray for me and uh, be in your place. And I know uh, they will. these men will be a blessing to you. Some other things, ladies, don't forget about uh, March the 12th, which is on a Tuesday night, is the ladies meeting. And again, that's at seven o'clock in the evening over in the fellowship hall. There's a potato bar uh, and so ladies, make sure you're aware of that. It's a potato bar, and so please bring toppings and or a dessert for that. March the 15th, which is on a Friday, is, our, is a teen activity. And so if you have kids in the youth department, uh, make sure that you are aware of that. And then March the 16th is our churchwide uh, outreach. And then there's some other things taking place, but I just wanted to also mention these two things very quickly. March the 22nd, which is on a Friday, is our annual youth rally uh, that we host every year. So we're going to be having Glory Bound uh, with us again this year. And they're actually going to be staying through the weekend and over into our Sunday morning uh, services. And then Brother Sam Davison is going to be here preaching the youth rally that Friday night. And uh, so we do have a couple of things. We do have some flyers. If you know uh, maybe some young people in your neighborhood or family or coworkers or things like that, you would like to invite them. And really, they don't have to be young. You can just invite them to come because it's going to be preaching. Amen. Uh, and looking forward to that. And then we also have some sign-up sheets out there in the outer foyer. If you could help us out with things like uh, drinks and, and uh, you know, chips and, and the stuff that, that's out there, we would appreciate uh, that. And, uh, you know, that'll, that'll be a blessing. We had, I think, over 300 here last year. And we certainly want to be a blessing to our guests uh, that, that are coming. And so if you could help us out with that, we would appreciate uh, that. Also, uh, one more thing, ladies, there's a ladies retreat coming up April the 19th and 20th. And that is at Riverside Baptist Church up in St. Joseph, Missouri. I believe our ladies uh, go to that meeting every year, and I know it's a blessing. And so there's a sign-up sheet back there for that. Uh, and so if any of our ladies would be interested in going, the cost is $35 per lady plus the cost of the hotel. And the reason that we're mentioning that now is because we do need to get everybody signed up uh, by March the 10th so that we can get uh, registered for that. So ladies, make sure you're aware of those uh, things. Okay, let's go ahead and get our prayer list out uh, tonight. Got quite a few things wanted to mention here uh, just very, very uh, quickly. Uh, some updates uh, on the um, second column there. 
in the uh, health, uh, right, right exactly in the middle of the page there is uh, a friend of the Waters family, Elizabeth Curtis, uh, that we have been praying for who uh, was with child, and I believe there were some complications there uh, with the pregnancy, but in, anyways, wanted to mention tonight that uh, that they did have to go ahead and, and, and do a C-section, and uh, both baby and mama are doing great, so praise the Lord for that, and so we can take them off our prayer list, and uh, thankful for that. Of course, do continue to pray for Miss Lizzie uh, Parker, who is great with child, amen, and uh, praise the Lord, baby Madeline is doing good, and just continue to pray for her and the baby, and I know they're getting very, very close uh, there. Of course, appreciate those that have been praying and asking uh, about my wife. She is at home and recuperating. Everything uh, went okay uh, yesterday, and uh, but do pray for her as she continues to recover from that. And then also down towards the bottom there, just some, some ones to remember. Bethany Miles, that's also a friend of the Waters family, is having surgery tomorrow. And then Brother Rich Raymer is going to have the other carpal, the other hand, uh, the carpal tunnel, t- carpal tunnel surgery. I don't know why that's hard to say. Uh, but anyways, he's having the surgery uh, this Friday, and so pray for him on that. And then also, if you would, pray for uh, Keith, little Keith Drinkard. Uh, that's... Keith Drinkard III, all right, I call him KD3, all right, but that's uh, Brother Keith Drinkard, our church planners over in uh, Leewood, that is their son, and uh, we were actually visiting with them uh, at the GIBF there in Arizona last week, and the last night he mentioned that him and that their son and also his wife Melissa, they were in the ER, uh, he's been having some serious uh, stomach issues, and so I did talk with him, uh, I believe it was... Monday, and it might have been yesterday, uh, Tuesday afternoon, and he did let me know that he was doing better, but still kind of has a long way to go. Uh, They're really not sure what all has happened there, but if you would uh, pray for him, I know they would appreciate uh, that. Also, if you would pray for the Kristen uh, Kennedy family, I know this was mentioned last week, but her grandpa uh, passed away as well, and so they've just really been going through a lot of uh, things. And then some names that we can add tonight, if you would add on there, uh, Bob Watson, uh, that's Brother Eric Watson's son, uh, uh, brother, and then uh, Miss Anita uh, Watson's uh, older son, uh, and of course lives in Texas. And if you've heard anything on the news with the wildfires, uh, and he's in the uh, was in the fire department, and so he's been dealing with the wildfires there in Texas. And so if you would uh, pray for him and his uh, family in the middle of all of that. And then we just had we've had quite a bit of people still battling sickness uh, tonight. Uh, if you would pray for Miss Barbara Bellis, dealing with some sickness. Also, Micah uh, Quinlan and Miss Laura Quinlan, all of them have been dealing uh, with some of the sickness. And then also um, uh, Miss Sue McCray and uh, just some others. And I know we've kind of had some had it and come back, and some have got it again. And, and so if we could just continue to pray for one another. Anybody have a prayer request or any anything tonight uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer? Okay, Brother David. Yes, and I meant to mention him. Yeah. Okay. Good.
Good. Praise the Lord. Good. That's a blessing to hear. And so, yeah, there's a lot of folks being affected by that, those wildfires and stuff. And I'm glad you mentioned Tyler tonight, because when I looked up and I saw your hand go up, I just clicked. I got notes right here, and I forgot to mention him. But, yeah, let's pray for Tyler uh, tonight, and uh, that'd, that'd be a blessing. Brother Raymer? Okay. So we can take Martha Palmer family off and um, just continue, though, to, if you think about it, pray for Mitch. And I know that would be a blessing there. Okay, anybody else tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? Okay, Bradley? Yes. Praise the Lord. Good. Okay, so that's Mike Arroyo uh, that's down there on the, almost to the bottom there in the second-hand column, and so we can take him off, and so praise the Lord for that. Okay, I saw some other hands. Yes, ma'am, Miss Deborah. Okay. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah, mercy. What do you? What's his last name? M a d d o c k. Okay. And uh, just complications from his open heart surgery. Is that? Mm. My goodness. Okay. So let's pray for uh, Justin Maddock and. Uh, Remember him in prayer. Mercy. A serious situation there. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Miss Phil. Um, my friend Jenny is in her mom passed away. Yes. Her dad passed away. Goodness gracious. Okay. Sure. So that, um, what was the last name? Nash. Nash. Okay. So Jenny Nash uh, family. Goodness. All right, so let's pray for that family, okay? Brother CJ. Yes, I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Good, praise the Lord. That's a blessing. All right, so we can take little Miles Foster off. That's an answer to prayer right there, amen. Okay, anybody else tonight? Miss Dana? Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. So let's remember Miss Dana for the insurance and Isaac. Okay. Mercy. All right. Let's pray for that. Sure. Absolutely. I don't know if I would want to pray for a dental dent, root canal. I would want to pray for healing, so I wouldn't have to have a root canal. But we'll sure pray. I know, I'm just teasing. I understand that. So. Okay, anybody else tonight? 
All right, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. Well, we sure got a lot of needs, amen. But thankful that God is uh, faithful and, and hears and answers prayer. And uh, so let's pray for these things uh, tonight. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Rich Raymer if you would pray for us, brother. I don't know about you, but I'm sure thankful when the Bible says whosoever, it means anyone. Amen? It means me and you. Let's all stand together. Page 297. Whosoever meaneth me. We're going to sing the first and the last verse together tonight. Page 297. I am happy today and the sun shines bright. The clouds have been rolled away. For the Savior said, Whosoever will may come with him to stay. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, oh, surely meaneth me. Whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. Oh, what wonderful love, oh, what grace divine that Jesus should die for me. I was lost in sin, for the world I pine, but now I am set free. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, oh, surely meaneth me. Whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. Amen. Great singing tonight. Please remain standing. Go ahead and get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. Amen. Well, uh, while we're standing here, take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, the book of 1 Timothy tonight and chapter uh, number 6. Uh, 1 Timothy tonight and chapter number 6. And we're just going to be, uh, begin, we're actually going to begin 
in verse number one. We, I, I know that we looked at these uh, last week. I'll mention them here in, in just a moment. Last week, it was two weeks ago, but you know what I'm saying. So I don't even know what today is. I'm just thankful that it was Wednesday night and I came to church and you were here too. Amen. First uh, Timothy chapter six and verse number one tonight. The Bible says this, and of course, Paul writing Timothy, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that uh, the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed and that they have believe and they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but do rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. So again, it's the application there to being a godly employee. But now look with me, if you would, at verse number three. And I, I mean, it just, it takes a, it takes a drastic turn, if I could say it like this. Paul goes on to write this, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Okay? And then it says this, from such withdraw thyself. Okay, and so we're going to look at this tonight. In fact, if you want to look at verse number six, well, here's the correct formula, but godliness with contentment is actually great gain. But we'll, we'll look at that, uh, Lord willing, next week. And you say, man, I'd rather look at that tonight. Well, no, you'd rather look at this tonight because if we do that and this, then we're going to be here for a long time tonight. Uh, but tr you, you just, you'll want to look at the next one too. You'll want to be, you just have to come back. All right. Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name? Amen. Won't you be seated tonight? Appreciate you standing in honor of God's word. So tonight we do return to our study, what we know to be the pastoral epistles that First uh, and Second Timothy and, and Titus uh, make up. We, we call them pastoral epistles because. Paul is addressing these men who uh, have trained under him in the ministry. And, and, and so as he's writing them, we also know this, that they give us a tremendous amount of help and, and instruction and principles really for pastors and churches and how we are uh, to, to operate. In fact, we've already seen much on uh, what is called church polity, and, and that's how a church governs itself. And then ethics, and, and really that's this, that's how church polity is to be carried out. It does, listen, it not only matters what you do, but how you do it. And uh, our young people today, we've been going through First Timothy in our chapel time, and so they got a good dose of ethics today, all right? So if your kids come home and they're like, preacher's talking about this weird word, ethics. I know, but we need ethics today. Uh, big, big time. We not only in the ministry, but in the lives of God's people. And, and really, in fact, we saw. <coughs> uh, excuse me. We saw uh, this. Uh, I mean, back in in chapter or back in the couple of verses that we looked at in, in the last message about being a godly employee. 
Listen, the reality is this, that deals with ethics, all right? And God's people living an ethical life, operating in an ethical uh, manner. But, but this is the reason, this is really the reason why I wanted you to go back with me and look at, at the first two verses, because look at the very end of verse number two. It ends with this, these things teach and exhort, okay? So, so the instruction for Timothy, while he is at the church at Ephesus, which is the context of, of this letter to Timothy, is to teach and exhort, he says, these things, all right? Now, now just kind of tune in here because we're going to go somewhere with, with this because look at verse number three, and now notice how it, it, it kind of starts here. It says this, if any man teach otherwise, okay? So, so again, all right, so, so, so it says at the end of verse two, these things teach and exhort, but now it's saying this, if any man teach otherwise, and, and so, and then at the end here, Paul is going to instruct Timothy to withdraw thyself, in other words, part ways with, with him. The book of 1 Timothy is winding down. It's the last chapter, be a, be a fact. And as it does, what I would say to you tonight is this, is that Paul turns back to what I would call the central theme or the central thought of the epistle. Remember, Timothy, all right, is to go to the church at Ephesus and to establish sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is healthy doctrine. And healthy doctrine produces healthy believers. All right, but now watch this. Watch, watch this. So, so, so if there is sound doctrine, well, then that means there's also false doctrine. Okay? And just as sound doctrine needs sound men of God to proclaim it, then we also then have to conclude that false doctrine needs to have false teachers. You, you with me tonight? So, so you understand what Paul is doing here is this, is he is exposing false teachers so that young Timothy can recognize who they are and distance himself from them. Well, why, why would he do that? Well, well, here's why. Because it's real dangerous to continue to hang around them. Well, why, why, why would it be dangerous to hang around them? Well, because of the damage that they can do, not just to the church at Ephesus, but even to Timothy and his ministry that God has called him to. It, yeah. So I titled the message tonight, Exposing False Teachers. Now listen, I, I don't think that I have to spend a lot of time here tonight uh, you, you know, elaborating to this crowd that just as there were false teachers in Timothy's day, well, there's no doubt many false teachers in our day. They, they have their ministries, they have their churches, they have their books and their podcasts and their social media pa uh, pages and their YouTube channels. Everybody get what I'm saying? In their radio station, L listen, and the list could go on and on and on. And, and here's what I know their damage can be just as great on our church and on our preachers and on our families and on our lives if we're not careful to expose them 
and then to withdraw ourselves from them and to stay away from them. We, uh, when we lived in Cassville, Missouri, uh, most of the time people go, when, when you say, you know, you were from Cassville, Missouri, they go, okay, now where's that at? Because nobody, you know, it's, it was just a small uh, town. And so if you lived outside of the state of Missouri, and sometimes in the state of Missouri, nobody re- really knew I- anything about it, or, all right, but, but, the, but one of the things that they had, so, so nobody would know anything about it unless you were a trout fisherman. Then you would know where Cassville, Missouri is. Be, be in fact, uh, there, there are people right now that are anticipating Friday. We're anticipating Friday because it's Madison's birthday. But when you lived in Cassville or you were a trout fisherman, you anticipated Friday because it was trout day. March the 1st, every March the 1st is trout day. And so people are there at like five o'clock in the morning. And as soon as daylight, uh, the sun rises in Cassville, Missouri, the gun fires and everybody casts into the water. Because trout day, trout season has officially opened. And man, I'm telling you, excuse me. To me, it was just like shooting fish in a barrel. When you can walk by the river and look down and see the fish, and I'm thinking, man, give me a bow and an arrow and put some string on there, and I'll have that baby on the shore. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, they kind of frowned on stuff like that, so you try to be nice. It's a beautiful, clear, <clears throat> crystal water, that, that uh, river that flows through the Ozark uh, Mountains there, Roaring uh, River State Park, and and uh, has the uh, dam there and the hatcheries and hiking trails and, and all of that. But you can even go back to where uh, the, the river starts. There's actually a sidewalk that you can walk down and uh, takes you there uh, to the opening of this cave. And it'll show you a picture there and, and uh, where divers went back, uh, I guess probably back in the 80s and, and dove down and began to follow and trace the source all the way back uh, to this spring some well over 250 feet down uh, where it opened up in, in the rocks there and the water uh, was, was coming out. So it's amazing there and this thing just flows all the way out and uh, people fish it and trout. It's just a beautiful, beautiful area down, down there. But what I'm, what I'm trying to illustrate to you tonight is this, is that our text is about sources. It's about sources. Let's see, like Roaring River has a source, so too does this false doctrine. Just want to point out some things to you tonight, and hopefully you begin to wrap your your mind around this uh, tonight. So I want you to notice these these uh, well these things right right here, and uh, no no pun well actually pun intended on this. I want you to notice these things. Notice with me there back at the end of verse number two. He says this. He says these things teach and exhort. I want you to go back with me in 1 Timothy, and I want you to look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 14. Look, look here with now. Listen, you're a Bible student, you ought to underline every time it says these things right here. And, and, and I want you to catch there's these things, and then this other little term that's called godliness that people don't really like to hear about today. You will find this all throughout the book of 1 Timothy. Look at 1 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 14. He says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. And, and really what you begin to understand is this, 
is that the end of the uh, the end of chapter number three right here is a conclusion of everything that he has dealt with in chapter two and in chapter number three with things like godly men that pray and godly women and and biblically qualified pastors and deacons that that are to be elected as officers with within the within the church. And, and, be fa- and so he says, these things write I unto you, hoping to come unto thee shortly. And, and then, of course, but if he doesn't, that you'll know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. But then look at verse number 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of, what's that word right there? Godliness. All right, and here's what God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, which is really how you and I can, the only way you and I can be found godly in his sight, by receiving his righteousness. Come on, somebody say amen tonight. Listen, I realize it's Wednesday night, but you gotta perk up a little bit and catch up, catch with these things. All right, now watch, watch this. Look at verse number, or chapter number four, look at verse number 11. These things command and teach. So these were the things that, that Timothy was to do if he was to be a, a good minister from verse number six. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of, oh, wow, there it is again. These things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of, of good doctrine, whereunto thou, thou hast attained. And look down at verses seven and eight. But refuse profane uh, and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto. There it is again. Now, now look at verse number, or chapter number five. Look at verse number 21. He says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe. Here's that phrase again. These things without preferring one another or one before another, doing nothing by partiality. And, and, and so what you, you're going to read on down here and go, wait a minute, preacher, I don't, see, I don't see godliness in here, though. But if you'll look down, if you'll look down at verse number 22, he says, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Same idea. Godliness. Does anybody, does anybody get, so, so here's what I'm trying to, now here's what I'm trying to lay out to you. So go with me to chapter number six again, and then look at the end of verse number two, and you see that phrase again, these things teach and, and exhort. And then look down at verses five and six. It, it says this, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain and godliness from such turn away, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Hopefully, 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 you're seeing a pattern right here. That over and over again, Paul is, Paul is concluding and mentioning this phrase, these things, and right along with it, you see the same term there, godliness over and, and over and, and over again, all right? So these things in godliness, well, here's why. Because God's people are to be godly. In other words, and here's what godly means. No, 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 no. Stay with me because here's what godly means. It means growing in their faith and becoming more and more like Jesus Christ in the way that they live. That's the definition of godliness. No, let me, let me just say it like this. 
He's the definition of godliness. And we're supposed to be godly. And Paul is continually reminding these things, these things, these things. Please catch this. Because sound doctrine will lead to preaching and dealing with the subject of godliness and challenging God's people to live godly in their life. That's the reality. And and so that's what he's dealing with with, with Timothy right right here and, and, and certainly bringing this out. But the point, really, the point here, though, is to say this, is that Paul is exposing the false teachers of Timothy's day. And he says this, and that they, in verse number three, and if any man teach otherwise, and that word otherwise right there means to be different or opposed to these things, all right, when he says that, please catch this, this is not just a reference back to verses one and two, that deal with being a godly employee. The reality is what he's saying is this, is that if any man teach otherwise, in other words, in opposition to these things, he's not just talking about what he just mentioned in verse 1 and 2. He's talking about the entirety of the book of 1 Timothy where over and over again he says these things, these things, these things, these things. And as he's closing the book now, now he's saying this, and if anyone teaches in opposition to these things, he's a false prophet. Does everybody understand that? Okay, now, now here's the other thing. So now Paul, so, so you got to be clear on that. You got to understand that. But then Paul now exposes the source of false doctrine as he begins to get into this with, with, with exposing false teachers. And the point is to say this, that if we don't deal with the source, then like the spring at Roaring River, it can morph into something that does much more damage in our lives. Sometimes that river, man, it would flood the valley. And it would wash out the bridges, the roads, flood the buildings. And I I mean, listen, and they would, listen, they, they had a dam set up there that would control... The, the flow, but, but I'm telling you, well, once it just, it just got so much water, it, you, you couldn't control the flow anymore. And they would try to, you know, sandbag the banks and do different things. But the reality is, if you couldn't cut the source off, then it would just continue to flow and continue to do damage and continue to do damage. And what Paul is saying to Timothy is this, is that if you're going to prevent the damage from being done, you cannot address the symptoms. You've got to go back to the source. And here's what the source is. And I'm going to expose these for you so that you'll know what to look for. And here's what I believe he tells Timothy. The first thing that I believe he says is this. Why don't you do a produce check? Look at what he says in verse 3. He says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to, to godliness. Of course, he begins to go on down. But here, here's the thing. Do you know this? You can always tell a tree by its fruit. Listen, look, look up here. Please, please catch this tonight. Fruit will never lie. It will never lie. It always tells the truth. Jesus said this in Matthew 7 and 15 and 60. If you want to take your Bibles there, go ahead and take your Bibles there and turn there.
Here's a couple of good verses to underline in your, in your Bible. He says this, he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but now watch this, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. That just doesn't sound like something I want to keep around my kids and play with and throw the ball with. And it's like, man. Boy, to get an amen out of you sometimes. Mercy. You listen, but it goes on down and it says, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of, of, of thistles? See, you and I have to understand that one of the main goals of false, of false teachers is this it's deception. In other words, they're seeking to fool you and to fool me. Well, why? So that they can lure you in, you, you and I into following them. And so Jesus said this, they're, they're like wolves, they're, they're wolves in, in sheep's clothing. In other words, they appear to be sheep outwardly, but inwardly they are something that will do much damage. They'll, they'll devour you. And again, I'm, I'm just telling you, they, they, a, a wolf is not something... It's, it's obviously, it's not harmless and timid like a sheep. It's something that will bite you, that will destroy you, that will devour you, that will hurt you. So he says, so, so how do we spot them? Well, Jesus said this, you can know them by their fruit. See, grapes and figs don't grow on the, on the thorns and the thistles. In our vernacular, we'd say it like this. Apples don't grow on the pecan tree. All right, pecan. That was what, pecan. Some of you are like, what's them? Apples don't grow on there. Pecans do. Apples grow on apple tree. So, so you, under, you understand, fruit doesn't, fruit, fruit doesn't lie. See, see, watch this. In this game of deception, there's one thing that will expose them and show you the truth of who they really are and, and I'm telling you, the way that you do that is you check the, the produce. And so, okay, well, preacher, what, what, kind of fruit, uh, what, what kind of fruit do we need to look for? Well, he begins to tell you this, and, and he begins to show you. The first one to which I would say is a very obvious fruit would be this. They are contrary, they are contrary in their teaching. They, they are contrary uh, to, to the teachings of the Bible. I mean, look at what he says. He says, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to, and look at this word wholesome right here. It's actually the same Greek word used for sound in 1 Timothy 1.10. Sound doctrine. And he says, if they teach any, if, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to sound, wholesome, healthy doctrine. Okay, so, so, so what does that look like? Well, well, here's what it looks like. Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so in other words, if they teach, if they teach something completely opposite or contrary to what Jesus Christ Himself taught. Here, here's, what I, here's what I believe. I believe this. I believe Paul was, Paul was dealing with the two main factions that really have troubled Christianity since its inception with Jesus Christ. And the first one is this, a works-based salvation. That was the Pharisee crowd of the day. This was something Paul and, 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 and Barnabas dealt with immediately in their first ministry. And I believe it was in Acts, wasn't it? Or Paul and, yeah, Paul and Silas. And, 
in Acts and, and how, uh, I think it was 18, and, and where the Jews came up from Jerusalem and, and came to the church at Antioch, and they said, you need, to be, you need to be circumcised according to the law of Moses in order to be saved. And the Bible says this, that they had no small disputation with them. That means this, they had it out. I mean, this, this was like throw down fighting words. And because here's the thing, that's not what Jesus Christ said. Come on, friend, that's not what Jesus Christ preached. Nor was that what the Apostle Paul had preached all throughout his ministry as he had taken the gospel all throughout the then known world and preached by grace, are you safe? Through faith, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And to have somebody come up and tell me that I've got to do some kind of work in order to be forgiven of my sins and receive eternal life, that's not what Jesus Christ said. And they opposed him and they went back to Jerusalem and had a council meeting with the other apostles. They said, what's going on, fellas? Has something changed? And by the way, all the apostles agreed. And there ain't no way. Why would we put that yoke on us? We never could do that. But this was what the Pharisees were doing. And it didn't stop there. You know, they were penetrating the church at Jerusalem. They were trying to penetrate the church at Antioch. The, read the book of Galatians, man. That was one of the first epistles that God used Paul to write. And you want to talk about a guy fired up? Because all of the churches in Galatia had been bewitched by this gospel, this false gospel of works for salvation that is directly contrary to Jesus Christ who over and over and over again said, believe, 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 believe. Read the Gospel of John. I preached through the Gospel of John one time. The word believe or believeth is mentioned. I, I, listen, it's like three times more than Matthew, Mark, and Luke combined. Jesus never said you need to be baptized. Jesus never said you got to obey the law. Jesus never said you got to be a Pharisee or a Sad, you see. Or you got to go through some Pope or Mary or get baptized or, or, or get some confirmation from the church or, or partake in some, you know, confession or, 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 or observe the, the, the communion. And, and listen, he never said any of those things. Over and over again, it was salvation by grace through faith. And so what Paul is telling Timothy is this, is that one of the ways you'll expose them is they'll teach contrary to Jesus Christ. And, and they'll give you a works-based salvation. Watch, watch this. Please listen to this. Did you know this? That the No, no, no. I know we're sitting here this tonight and we're going, well, preacher, this, we know this stuff. And then we, we hear this stuff day in and day out. Listen to me. The majority of Christianity today is still works-based in their salvation. Still works based. You realize tonight what you're hearing? Most people go into churches today, quote unquote churches, and sit down and listen to half the stuff they don't even know what they're saying. And, and it's not anything like this. And people come in here to our church. We're sitting back and going, oh, this is so, we hear this all the time. And people come into our church and they go, man, I ain't never heard anything like that. Because they're getting something contrary to Jesus Christ. Because of some false prophet getting up there speaking some Latin language nobody can understand. I just preach redneck and some people can't understand. Let me give you the second thing. Or Some of you need to laugh, man. Come on. 
Do you know this though? There's a ditch. There's always two ditches. There's a ditch on each side of the road. Look at what he says. Look at verse number three. Because in the second thing, here's what he says. And to the doctrine which is according to... Well, now we're going to meddle. Because you know what I found is that while one half of Christendom today is works-based salvation, the other half is as worldly as a stinking devil. And Paul's exposing both of them. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Listen, listen the false prophets, they'll be over here. They'll be contrary to Jesus Christ. And they'll tell you, you need to do some kind of work to be saved. But Timothy, you also need to know, there's going to be some that they're going to take the grace of God and they're going to treat it like some license so that they can do what they want to do and live the way that they want to live. And they're going to attach Jesus Christ to it. Paul, Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, you need to be careful because while one false prophet is out of this ditch, the other false prophet is out of that ditch. And it's not sound doctrine. Because that's not what God called us to do. Listen to me. Listen to me. More world and more wickedness is not going to produce a healthy believer. Do you know, listen, this is what's amazing to me is that their own crowd has acknowledged this. And they still refuse to change anything because it's all about the money and the crowd and the buildings and everything else. Don't worry, we're going to get to that in just a minute. I remember years ago I was pastoring in Cassville and I saw this article this new age ecumenical movement that had taken off and developed into what we know it basically today, one of the men who was prominent in the early stages was a man by the name of Bill Hybels. I, I, I'm assuming he may still be around today, but the article, this was what the article about what was about, is that he had came out and after a, a, a certain amount of time, a couple of decades in this, he came out and said that the results of their movement was not what they expected. He literally said this. He, he said, it was producing, listen, are you listening to this? Unhealthy believers. They even documented how it was creating, oh man, oh man, oh man, how it was creating, and I quote, a selfish Christianity. And believer, he's, it goes on to say, believers were not winning people to Jesus Christ. They were not growing in their faith. They really weren't walking with God. They were simply coming to their so-called worship services out of mere entertainment. That's, that's not what I said. That's what he said. To which, then I read the article and I went, well, duh. That's what I said. Folks, listen to me. When you part from the Word of God... And you make the audience you instead of him. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to get into unsound doctrine and it's going to produce unhealthy believers. But what Paul is saying here is this, Timothy, you need to know this, is that there's going to be those that are going to come along and they're going to teach contrary to these things. And some of them are going to, they're going to disguise it in a works-based salvation. And you need to listen to that. But there are going to be others. They're going to attach the name of Jesus, but they're going to drag him over here into this ditch. And you need to watch out for those things. It's contrary. Hey, it's contrary to the doctrine of godliness. 
But here's the other thing to which I would say, it kind of begins to carry down here through all of these verses here, but, but, but I think it's kind of interesting that it immediately pops out in verse number three. And to me, it's a little bit of a more obscure, if I could say it like this, or a hidden, a, a hidden fruit that needs to be exposed. See, where, where the first fruit is that they were obviously contrary in their Bible, contrary to the Bible and their teachings, the other fruit is this, is that they're very ugly and cantankerous and crude in their attitudes, especially when confronted. Look at what he says in verse number three. Catch this very, very quickly. He says, if any man teach otherwise and consent not, that's a pretty interesting phrase right there. Consent not to wholesome words, even the words of, and he goes on down, consent not even to wholesome words. What, what is that? Well, the idea here is, this, this is the idea of confronting a false teacher with biblical truth. But they refuse to heed it. They, they cannot be reasoned with. And instead, this is what they do. They become very defensive. And they start throwing out labels like legalist. Am I catching this? And, well, you're just following man's rules and man's traditions. And, do you, but you, did you know this? That a legalist is not one that has standards. A legalist is one that requires work for salvation. Let me, let me help you with this tonight. Okay, y'all, y'all listening? Let me give you some things here. Number one is this. I am not a Calvinist. And I am not an Arminian. Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, here, I'm a biblical Baptist. Because it's the Calvinists who get defensive when confronted with the biblical truth that man is a free moral agent. But then what they do is this. They accuse me of being Arminian. I'm not Arminian. I'm Baptist. You don't have to be one or the other. You can actually be biblically balanced. You don't have to be in one niche or the other. Does everybody get this? Um, um, I'm not a Campbellite. And I'm not a new independent Baptist. What, what's a Campbellite? Well, that's Church of Christ. You don't know. They, they require baptism for salvation. And, and the new, what, what is a new independent Baptist? Well, the new independent Baptists have come on the scene in the last decade or so, and wicked as the devil, and proclaim this, that repentance is not part of salvation. I'm sorry, but did you not read Luke chapter 6 where Jesus said, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And he said it twice in the same verses right there. Verse 6 and verse 9, I think it is. Um, and, and then John the Baptist preached, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached repentance. Paul said, repentance toward God in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me, repentance and salvation is all throughout the Bible. You understand? See, see here's the thing is that you don't have to get baptized in order to be saved. But, but I'm telling you, repentance is, is part of salvation. And so both are wrong. And here's the thing. I'm a Bible-believing biblical Baptist. Mm. I have personal standards in my life. Mine. You, you can do it. You're the priest of your own home. 
I have them in my life. They are based on, mm, they are based on biblical principles and personal convictions that God has dealt with me about my life. They are not based on man's rules or traditions, and I'm not looking to try to impress anyone or please anyone other than my Savior. And, and, and I don't look down on people that, that, that might be different than me. That, that's, that's fine. Yeah, yes, yes, I will preach the Bible. And I will expose things that are contrary to the Bible. I will call it what it is for what it is. Not going to back down from that and publicly preaching, but, but I'm just telling you, personally, I know this. For me and, and my wife, we just try to do our best to, to serve the Lord and love on people and, and minister to people the best that we can. It's the best way I know how to put it. But when you have this bunch that wants to live like the world and, and, claim, and then claim to attach Jesus Christ to that, but then turn right around and rail on people who are simply trying to live for the Lord in their life. They're just a bunch of legalists and they're toxic and, oh, it's that church. They go to that church and they go to that Bible college. Well, yeah. When they start doing stuff like that, what I'm trying to say to you is this. That's a real good sign of being a false prophet. Got an ugly attitude. Do, do a fruit check on that. See, see, here's the thing. While, claim, while they claim one thing, their attitude says something different to which I would say that's deception. When they're the ones getting defensive over biblical truth and lashing out in false accusations, I'm sorry, but is that supposed to be Christ-like? Man, I'm telling you, I wish this would go on Fox News tonight. Just televise this all over the world. Give the biblical truth of God's Word. Because this is what, this is, I'm telling you, this is where we're at right now. Because here, listen, listen to me, look up here. We're not being just attacked by the wickedness of this world. We're being attacked by our own brethren and sistren who have run off into the ditch and took Jesus with him and want to turn around and tell us who... And I'm like, what? We're just, we're just trying to serve the Lord. Here, let me try to help you out. No, you're the one that's... I'm just trying to... Oh, come on, friend. I'm telling you, this is what's going on in our families. This is what's going on among God's people. That, that's not, that's not Christ-like. This has become my new, this is going to be a new rule. In my, I got, you know, ministry rules. This is the one that I've been saying a lot here lately. It's not my circus and it's not my clowns. I'm going to, I got to preach a message titled that one time. And that's good right there. Look at their prideful character. Watch it continue to unfold. So he deals, you know, there's a, there's a produce check, but then watch this. He says this in verse 4, He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, wherefore, where, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. And watch this, supposing, supposing that gain is godliness, 
To me, really, when you look at all of this list of stuff here, verse four, verses 4 and 5 really build on what was dealt with in verse 3. As they are contentious and contrary to the Word of God, they will involve themselves in vain questions and perverse disputings. Watch Facebook. They pride themselves in intellectualism and arguing over semantics, but yet they look like the biggest fools in the world to anyone with any common sense. But this is what I want you to catch and what I want you to close in on. Look at the end there that I read there in verse number 5 where it says this, supposing that gain is godliness. What I'm trying to point out here is this, is that it's actually a false standard of godliness that they have. Where obedience to the Scriptures and Christ-likeness is supposed to determine our godliness, what determines theirs is how many people they have following them. Or how much money and material gain that they have. See, the gauge for their success is not how they're seeing other people get saved or how Christ-like I am becoming in my own personal life. It's how big my building is and how large my crowd is. Listen to me. That's a dangerous formula to follow. And the truth of the matter is for you and me, you know what it shows me? It shows me that just because the building is big and new and the crowd is large, it doesn't necessarily mean God's in that place. In fact, I'd look, one, I'd look for one that's got a pretty rough parking lot. That's how it works, though. It's not about winning people to Christ and trying to be an influence and people to get saved. It's about getting you to follow me. That's exactly how the Calvinist works. I had a guy tell me one, this one time, he was giving me his testimony, he's a preacher, he said, I got... He said, I, grew, I kind of grew up in church, but and, you know, and I had a profession of Christ, and I got away from the Lord, went to college and stuff. And While, while I was in college, I, I really realized how much I, I needed the Lord, and God really started dealing with me, and I started going to an a independent Baptist church there near the college that I was going, and he, and he said this, man, God was working me over and working me over and working me over, he said, and I got saved. I, got, I mean, I got saved, and God just began to change my life dramatically. I mean, when you, I really got born again. That's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Really getting born again. And he said this, he said, I was working at this place at the time and, and uh, I came in and, and uh, had started talking with another co-worker about what God was, was doing in my life. He said, about that time I had a guy who came up to me. He said, man, I had worked with him for the last several months. God never spoke a word to me. And all of a sudden he comes up to me and starts telling me, and he heard that I, I was talking to this other guy about being a Christian that I had gotten saved. And he started to, and he said, have you, have you ever heard of the five points of Calvinism? And, and hey, can I, can I give you this book to read? And, and I know you're going over there, but why don't you come to church over here where I'm going at and all. And, and, and the guy that had just gotten saved, he looked at him and he said this, he said, man, he said, you, you've supposedly been saved all this time and you hadn't said one word to me. And now all of a sudden I'm, I get saved and you come up to me and want to talk with me and want me to read all this stuff and, and listen to all this stuff and, and all these things. And he said, you're crazy. To which he was telling me that and I about jumped up on the table and said, amen, it's exactly right. But that's exactly how they work. 
They're not winning people to Jesus Christ. What they're doing is looking to lure people in to follow them. And here's why. Because if they follow them, that validates them. They want to they gain a following because that justifies them in their own mind. When the reality is, listen, the Bible should be our standard for this. Look at Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Those guys didn't have any converts, but here's what they did have. They had God. And I'm just saying to you, friend, that, listen, I, that's where I want to be with God. Don't get me wrong. I want to see people get saved. And I want to see God change their lives and their families. Somebody say amen tonight. But I'm telling you, my friend, if we've got to try to do those things without God, then we're not doing anything. And so that's why this thing ends with Paul's counsel here at the end of verse number 5 where he says this, From such withdraw thyself, Timothy. And to me it means two things. To, to me it means two things. Here, here's the first thing that it means. It means this. It means let's make sure that we don't become like them in attitude and spirit. Because here's what I know. And you can take this for what it's worth. But I'm telling you tonight, you can have right doctrine and the wrong attitude. And if you've got right doctrine and the wrong attitude, you're in the wrong. And be careful that the fruit of your spiritual tree doesn't become one of defensiveness and false accusations and bitterness. Listen, have the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen tonight. But let's also have His compassion and His love and His joy, even on Wednesday night. Have His joy in. Hey, be focused on the souls of men, not the spiritual critic of everybody. And not listen, don't, don't, well, preacher, we can't, no, 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 please listen. I get it. We need to warn people. We need to let people know what the truth is. I get, I get all that. But I'm telling you, tone and attitude really matters in those situations. But here's the second thing. Let's make sure we get away from this stuff. You know, maybe it is you need to turn the podcast off. Maybe you need to put the book away. Maybe you need to stop following them on social media. Maybe you need to distance them yourself from them. Uh, that doesn't mean, doesn't mean to be unkind. Doesn't mean to be crude or foolish or any of those things. It just simply means to withdraw thyself. So, preacher, why, why would you do this? Here's why. Because of influence. Because of influence. I've heard guys say this before. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, pretty, it's, it's a pretty good book. You know, it's, it's got some meat in it. It's got a few bones in it. But I eat the meat and spit out the bones. Well, as an avid eater of fish, let me help you with this tonight. I, I understand all of that. But, but after a fish has so many bones in it, I'm not going to eat it anymore. I'm going to throw it in the trash. Right. 
Because the more bones means a higher risk of choking to death. And it's the same with false prophets. R.B. Willette said this one time, and I heard him say this. We were at a men's advance in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and he said this. And this was about 20 years ago when he said this. He said, in 20 years, you'll be like the friends you keep in the books you read. And I'm old enough now to have seen that come to pass. I've seen it come to fruition. Listen, I've known guys, and I'm talking about preachers that used to stand on the authorized King James Version of the Scriptures. They were, they were Baptists in their doctrine. And please listen to this. They are no longer that way. And, and here's why. Here's why. Because, well, I had a buddy at college. And he shifted, but you know what? I, 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 wanted, to, I wanted to be his friend and try to pull him up out of the ditch. Did you know this? Did you know this? That it's way easier to pull somebody down to where you're at than for you to actually pull somebody up to where you are. In fact, maybe that ought to be the work that we let God do. And we just do what He said to do, which was withdrawal ourselves. I'm just telling you tonight, listen, I, sometimes stuff is hard in the Christian life, but this is the reality. And, and this is what I know, man. About two years ago, we come, I get a, I'm sitting at the house on Christmas Eve, and my son calls my wife. He didn't, he didn't want to call me, he called him my wife. So, Mom, I'm in here in the fellowship hall, and I went into Brother Jack's office to get, to get Dad's present. And there's water coming out of the ceiling everywhere. And my wife gets off the phone and, and looks at me and tells me. I don't think she wanted to tell me either. So I just called Eric and told him. No, I, just, I said, me, look, uh, this is what's going on. Meet me at the church. And so we met at the church and we walked in. Now listen, we walk in and there's a, all this water coming out of the ceiling. We didn't go and grab buckets. And, and start catching the water because that's not normal we didn't go listen we didn't start grabbing sand and bags and filling it up and going let's get this out of Jack's office and let it flow down the t- hallway right here and we'll just have a little what'd you do on Christmas I went trout fishing it was trout day you know what we did we went to the source and shut the water off To eliminate any further damage. You know what Paul's saying to Timothy? He's saying, you watch. You check the fruit. No, no, Timothy. Don't listen to just what they say. Check their fruit. Check what they say, but check their attitude. If it's apart from Christ and it's apart from His Word... They're not looking to do ministry the right way. They're looking to gain a following. They're looking to make some money, build a building, whatever the case may be. Timothy, that's not what Christ did. And don't continue to just dabble around with it and try to eliminate you know, damage here and there. Timothy, just go ahead and pull away. Amen. It, it might hurt, but it's going to hurt a whole lot worse. If you keep hanging out with them and they pull you off into one ditch or the other. 
And I'm just saying to you tonight, sometimes we got to do that as God's people. So that we say we stay sound and healthy in our doctrine and our Christian life, our families. Let's all stand tonight.